0: Welcome, everyone, to Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I'm your host, Teresa Signorelli, and we are bringing you information about the five areas of child development, and by that we mean physical, intellectual, social, emotional, emotional, and moral, so parents can empower their children to thrive. Well, today we have a Brains in Toyland segment that regards successful potty training, and we have Dr. Ingrid Krauser. Who's an expert in early childhood and the middle years education, and she's here to share some really wonderful information with us. Now, Dr. Crowther is an educational consultant in the early years, and she's the executive director of Lifelong Learn Incorporating. Um, excuse me, Incorporated, and that is affiliated with Dominion Learning Institute of Canada. And her training includes um, elementary teaching certification and early childhood education. Um, She's certified with a doctorate in education as well in the early and middle years. And she is really passionate about helping families, helping early childhood professionals and teachers, um, helping them to engage in real great quality practices with young children. And to this end, she offers conferences and workshops and does presentations, and has numerous publications that demonstrate practical hands-on activities that you can do with young children. So welcome, Dr. Crowther. Are you there? I'm there, and I'm really happy to be there. Yeah, Yeah, actually, and be back. This is, I believe, your third time with us talking about different ways parents can uh, empower their children. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Okay, so... Today, we're talking about potty training, and we always like to start the show by asking our experts what they wish parents knew, um, but often don't, about the topic of the day. So, what is it that you wish parents knew about potty training? I think the
1: key uh, factor in, in successful c- potty training is knowledge about all areas of child development. I don't think parents really understand how all of this interacts because toilet training seems to be such a physical act but it is reliant on all of the all of the other um developmental milestones in particular that there are physiological factors that must be in place for effective p- toilet training
0: right so As you were saying, that potty training really comprises a range of developmental areas, and that includes physical development, intellectual development, and intellectual development is both verbal and nonverbal, and also emotional development. But let's first talk about the physical changes. You mentioned those physiological changes, maybe from birth, that a child goes through in order to be ready to be toilet trained. I
1: think the first factor that needs to be remembered is that the milestones, the physiological milestones, are universal, Um, meaning that every single child from birth to age three goes through these milestones. But it's also important to realize that although these milestones are in a specific order, if you like, um, the rate at which children go through it is individual. So, Some children may go through this earlier, and some children may go through this later. It's also dependent on physical, social, emotional, cognitive, and language milestones. At the very early ages, the sphincter muscle for both bladder and rectum is not yet developed, which means that elimination is a reflex action, something that the child has no control over.
0: It's so not can until you, sorry, Can I interrupt sorry. for a second? About what age is this? Uh this is um, all
1: the way is. I'm going to go through the stages, but this is from birth okay. to roughly two years.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Or and let's do it. Let's do it even broader from birth to three years, because it okay. it may not occur fully until the child is three years old. Okay.
0: Okay, and that's that's an important point.
1: Yeah, it really is important because, you know, if I don't have control over those muscles, uh, there's very little I can do in terms of training. The training then becomes more training of the parent rather than the child. Mm-hmm. So from two and a half, for, sorry, from two to two and a half years, the first really big milestone is that there is a sensory development or of the feelings around the upper leg, And that's really important because now the child is able to feel the sensation of a wet or full diaper. Really important milestone because if I can't feel it, I can't predict that I need to go to the bathroom. Um, And from about two and a half to three years, generally speaking, control becomes established during the day, and then that's followed by nighttime control. Uh, from about 6 to to 12 months later. Now, also recognize that this could be individualistic. In fact, my son had nighttime control before he had daytime control, so it doesn't always follow through. But in the majority of cases, daytime control comes first. Mm -hmm. At about three years of age, another important milestone, the child is able to hold the urine or the feces In order to go to the bathroom, this again is important because they can anticipate the need to go. Um, It's from four to five years, most children have established complete control. Um, There are some children, 15 to 20 percent of children, who may still wet their bed at night. This is very dependent on their sleep patterns. For example, if your child is a really heavy sleeper, they may not feel the sensation of having to go and therefore wet their bed. It could also be a genetic factor in terms of, uh, you know, if the child comes from a family who had a parent that was a bed wetter, it's much more likely that the child will be a bed wetter too. So, those are the major physical milestones.
0: Right. So, there are muscular um, issues or muscular control the child must have. But also, you had mentioned those sensory um, issues or control, um, sensory um, awareness, being able to feel a wetness. Um, and the full diaper. Okay, so those are important physical aspects, the muscular and the sensory. So let's talk a little bit now about the intellectual development that needs to be in place um, that impacts potty training. So that is, what does a child really need to be able to understand and what do they need to be able to express?
1: One of the things, of course, that's important is that child needs to be able to understand instructions. Um, you know, instructions such as pulling down their pants or going to the bathroom or flushing the toilet. The sequence of the whole uh, process needs to be understood. They also need to understand what the feelings of a soiled diaper is. If they don't know what it feels like, they're less likely to want to change their diaper. And also understand the concept of toileting. You know, like go to the toilet and then we flush away Uh, the pee or the uh, feces. Mm -hmm. Um, Children also need to be able to communicate the physical feelings associated with toileting. You know, I've got a wet diaper, um, a dirty diaper, how my bladder feels when it's full. Um, And, you know, a lot of these children understand things much earlier than they can express it. So you may get some of the communication through some body language. Uh, a full diaper, maybe the child holding his diaper or indicating that his diaper is dirty by pointing to it. Um, but generally speaking, from two to two and a half years, children start to communicate these feelings. Um <clears throat> concept of understanding toileting also includes that I have to stop what I'm doing in order to do a different activity. So I may be busily playing and really engaged in play and because toddlers especially uh, tend to concentrate on one thing at a time so they forget about everything else. So that's a really important uh, milestone to gather because once I understand, I have to stop this to then go to the toilet, and that usually also occurs between two and t- to two and a half years. From two and a half to three years, children begin to understand and feel the feeling of fullness, and also take pride in achievement. This corresponds to very well with the I can do it stage, which is about two to three years. An important factor to help children learn words that are associated with toileting uh, are the, the modeling that you do, that you provide children with a language. Do you feel wet? Oh, your diaper is smelly. It's. We need to change your diaper. Giving them the, the words that allow them to associate the words with the
0: feelings they have. Right, with the, with the feelings and the meanings. Yeah, that's, that's always helpful. So we 've talked about the physiological aspects that need to be in place, and then the intellectual aspects and what about what about emotionally what is a child going through emotionally and, and what impacts um, is there on the potty training process?
1: The potty t- you know generally speaking, this control develops around the same time as i 've mentioned before as in the I can do it stage, so children start to take pride in doing things by themselves, and this is really important to to figure out this emotional state that the child is going through. Um, In many instances, you've probably heard about I can train my child in three days. There's some research that shows that you can do this, but if you take a closer look at it, it means you put the the child on the toilet every 20 minutes. I think if the child doesn't have physiological control, you can put the child on the toilet as much as you like. It's just not going to happen from his per- or her perspective, they're not initiating this. You're training yourself, and you're going to put yourself through three days of high stress along with the stress on the child. Um, we need to be, we need to use toilet training as a pleasurable activity, something to look forward to, a learning activity so it becomes fun for everyone.
0: Right. Right. Um, and, yes, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should necessarily. And I think thinking of the emotional impact that could have of training your child in three days. I've been seeing posts on Facebook lately about, you know, training your child in five days, which is probably no better um, from the point of view that you were just making. So, um, Good, I think really nice things to consider. And looking at the child globally in terms of their physical, their intellectual, and their emotional um, development as they approach this process.
1: And remember, the child wants to be independent, and so they need to have a part in this. Anything that a child learns when it comes from within,
0: the learning is so much more powerful and more pleasurable. That's an excellent point, yes. Yeah, give them some ownership. So, um, yeah, I understand that there are stages to toilet training. So (coughs) what are these and and what happens during them? What can you tell us? Okay, so the
1: first stage is really the pre-toileting phase, which is from birth to about two and a half years. Um, And this this is a stage where the child really doesn't understand toileting or is able to toilet at all. During this stage, there's rapid growth in all developmental areas. Areas and that leads to readiness for toilet training. When these are in place, toilet training will progress, which means we go to stage two, and that's where we go. I call this stage gaining regularity. What does this mean? Well, children gain the understanding of the internal messages, such as I've got a full diaper, I've got a wet diaper. They also gain control of the sphincter muscles and there's an increased regularity of movement. So you can predict when the child may have to have a bowel movement. So those are the basic three stages.
0: Um, so that was st- that was stage two of gaining regularity, and then... Oh, um, gaining control. Day.
1: Sorry, I forgot about nope. the third no, stage, no gaining, control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gaining control. Gaining um, control, there are really specific signs to watch for to see if the child is at this stage. Um, when they're starting to gain control, they're, they're using body language or words to indicate that they need a diaper change. They're asking to be changed or they're asking to go to the bathroom, and they've established dry periods and regular bowel movements. Okay,
0: great. So let's talk about strategies that parents might consider. And the parents might consider during, let's start with stage two, and so that's about that 18 to 20, uh, two-and-a-half-year range maybe, Um, so strategies that can help foster successful potty training.
1: And, and Teresa, I just want to backtrack a little bit. Sure. Um, Setting this stage really starts right at that stage one because Mm -hmm. one of the things that we need to do is establish a consistent environment. The child needs to know that this is where these activities the toileting activities take place and i i always um indicate that preferably it's the bathroom because that's what we normally use uh, and providing equipment that is safe easy to use and easy to clean so th- that is a pre stage for all of for all toileting um okay. one of the things when 18 to months to 2.5 years, uh, I want to provide visual aids. Make it exciting. Make it a learning experience. Hanging displays of interesting things to look at, to talk about. You know, you might have mobiles. But make sure that a lot of the mobiles, you know, if you look at them, you should be able to see the full um, picture so often you'll get a mobile and when you're when you're on your back, all you see is the feet, so make sure that there's a there's something really good to look at so make sure that the mobiles are face down so that the child can see the full features. have right. items of strong contrast initially for the very young child, the infant they really like black and white items that the child shows an interest in. you can use actual toys or photographs or pictures of uh, items that can be displayed on the wall. So what you're doing is you're creating a pleasant environment for toileting to occur in. Engage the child in dialogue. Talk about what's happening. Talk about what you're doing. Talk about the associated feelings or talk about what the child is looking at. Um Another step that's important as, at this stage, the children are really wanting to become more independent. So, you want to encourage that independence by encouraging the child to participate in however they can. You know, um, removing some clothing. Um, uh, during toileting especially, you should make sure it's easy to remove clo- clothing because if it's hard for the child to get the clothing off, obviously they can't participate very well. Um, involve the child in making choices. What do you want to look at? What do you want to talk about? How can you help me? So that the child is always in- fully engaged in the activity. And um, I always encourage to have some steps to reach the counter by themselves. Remember, these kids get really heavy, and lifting and carrying can be really hard on your back. Plus, it gives that independence to the child again. Yeah, and and some of the
0: things... Oh, can I jump in for one moment? Yes. Some of the things that are occurring to me as you're talking about having things to look at, having conversation is... um, think of any adult bathroom, you know, most of the magazines are stored in a nice magazine rack in the bathroom. And people like to, I guess, be entertained or um, have their attention divided or what have you. I'm not quite sure. But it was striking me as something similar that adults have. Um, What you were describing is similar for children, that children often want the same things as adults. So that parallel popped into my mind as you were talking.
1: Yes, and you're quite
0: right. The last step that some people
1: find difficult is modeling. Um, you, modeling needs to uh, occur in terms of verbalizing the toileting routines, talking about the sequence. Involve the child by asking, what are we going to have to do next? Child needs to know what the sequence is, and there needs to be lots and lots and lots of repetition. Remember that learning um it takes about 80 trials um, before the child has really learned that. Now, if I have mislearned it, then you need 80 trials to unlearn it and another 80 trials to relearn it. So that really ups the involvement of the parent and the learner. Um, right. <clears throat> model what is done about a dirty diaper. and that you know... Children need to understand that what is eliminated is eliminated and needs to be either flushed away or put away in a closed diaper container. Set out materials ahead of time to increase a child's independence, such as the soap so that the child can wash their hands, uh, towels to dry, fresh diapers, clean clothing, and so forth, so that, again, you're encouraging that independence. Um some parents feel very um sensitive about modeling their own toileting habits if you If you can do that, it helps the child understand that toileting isn't a normal thing, and especially with boys in a later stage, if dads can model um standing up routines, the child can learn
0: this much more quickly right right. So what about stage three? as the child gains more physical control. Okay. Uh now stage 3 irrespective
1: of whether it's boys or girls it's much easier to train initially by sitting down. Um if you're using a toilet seat make sure the splash guard is a good fit. Um you know especially for boys you really need to check it out because If the child pinches the penis, it's not going to be a pleasant experience and they may not wish to repeat it for obvious reasons. Mm. If using a potty chair, make sure the feet are flat on the ground so that they have some control, especially when they get to the pushing stage. It's much easier to push when your feet are flat on the ground. If you're using toilet trainers, uh, remove uh, the splash guard. And ensure that the seat is a good fit. It's easy to clean, stored nearby for easy access, and that you have safe slip-proof steps to access the toilet or sink. High enough to put feet on the step. All right? Feet
0: All right so by a, toilet the trainer, by, by a the toilet trainer, trainer yeah. you mean um, an apparatus that goes on the adult size toilet? That's right. Okay.
1: Um, I found it really effective to train sitting on the toilet backwards. So I, did, I never used a trainer, um, and this allowed the child to be more independent. So they sit on the toilet backwards. It's also... Really neat because they can have their hands in front of them, um, their feet are still on the step, so that they I usually put a step on each side so that the child has control over um, putting their feet flat on the step. If you can visualize that and their slip um, <coughs> slip proof steps in order to sit on the toilet backwards, they have, there has to be a total removal of pants. Um, They can use their hands to stabilize, and it's really important they can see what is happening. And that's part of the whole process, Uh, the excitement of seeing that I'm doing this and it's really happening. Make sense? Right, yep. And um, setting the stage, the timing, it's critical. You have to understand that the child will go from stage to stage at their own rate. You know what the stages are. Every child will be different. Um, <clears throat> Therefore, it's really important to determine the consistent routine that meets the need of the child, and it needs to be consistent uh, so that they're learning what they need to do and get lots of repetition in order for this to happen. Um, if possible, training is much easier when the weather is warmer because there's fewer clothes to remove. <laughs> uh, so I've actually heard one uh, program discussion, and they were discussing when children should be born, and um, one of the parents said, I will. I always plan that toilet training can take place during the summer months. <laughs> so I thought <laughs> that's kind of a neat thought behind it. Yep. <laughs> Uh I think it, the other part of timing is start free of expectations. Don't don't push your child to expect that it's going to happen the first time. Um don't expect success. Be satisfied if the child even sits on the toilet for a short time. Even if they're not as successful at the action, what they are getting is the success you've established a step in the process. Child knows that this is to happen, but let's not put the pressure on that something will happen. Allow time for personal decisions. Give, time, uh, give the child some time to decide when to go and how long they sit on the toilet. You know, you don't want to have the child sitting there for, for min- 20, 30 minutes. It's, you know, if it doesn't happen in the first few minutes, uh, don't force it. I mean, few of us sit on the toilet that long.
0: If it doesn't happen, we tend to leave. Right. Um, So might a a parent, um, I guess initially a parent might ask the child, you know, do you want to try using the toilet or let's try using the toilet instead of giving them the option to say no. Um, But might that be how they start? Yes, exactly. Okay.
1: And, you know, in terms of timing, um, with my son, I remember he was dry in the morning. So for me, that was a good message to say, okay, he's been dry all night. It's it's time. And I offered, I said, you know, would you like to go and use the toilet? And he was, he was quite verbal, and he thought about it. And I was giving him the option to say yes or no at this point because it wasn't really at a point when I thought he was ready. And he surprised me. He said, yes, first time on the toilet, and he was successful. So right. it went very quickly. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Uh, and ensure success. First and foremost, ensure that your child is ready. If your child isn't ready, you're putting pressure on the child and pressure on yourself, and both of you are going to have an unsuccessful experience and a stressful experience. Uh, it needs to be fun. It needs to be learning, and you need to enjoy it together. Um, diet is really important. Uh, you need to have a rich fiber a rich diet in fiber, such as whole grain bread, broccoli, or cereal. And the daily intake should mirror the child's age. For example, a two-year-old should have two grams of fiber a day. And this will really help to make the stools m- much softer. If the stool is too hard, uh, it's it's going to be a traumatic experience, and they may refuse to use the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um Learn to recognize the child's signals, you know, looking uncomfortable. Sometimes they, you know, they do this little dance. Some children hold themselves. And remember the activity they're engaged in usually is more important to them than going to the bathroom. So learn to, to recognize the, uh, the signals and then say, like, make it fun. Let's go. Let's go to the toilet. See what happens. Bring a book along, you know. Get something to entertain them as they're going. Um, comfort the child if not successful or if the child has an accident. You know, um, accidents are going to happen. These should not be punished. They're not really yet in full control of themselves. So reassuring them that this happens and it's not a big deal is really important. Um, The more relaxed you are, the more relaxed the child will be. The more fun you make it, the more pleasant the experience for everyone and the faster the process will um, proceed. If you meet resistance, stop. Don't push it. Try Try again another time. Don't put any pressure on. I think that's a key factor. Do not pressure. The more pressure you put on the more resistance you're going to get. Remember, this is also the stage where children tend to want to be independent and may very well tell you no, even if they mean yes. <laughs> um, another point is really making sure that feet have a solid base, either on the stool or the ground, because it helps them to push. Um, in terms of toilet paper, it's not to... Four or five years that they can successfully use it, so they do need some help, and they girls and boys need to learn the difference in uh, toilet, uh, using toilet paper, because it's important that the little girls um, use the toilet paper from front to back rather than the other way around with the bowel movements. Uh, One of the things that always helps, the children can flush their own toilet. And at the early stages, they really enjoy watching their eliminations disappear. And it's a good talking point. Use the words that children can associate with training and the sequence, the steps to use, the actions engaged in, or the things the children can help with. Right, right. Uh, and the the last point under this is just maintaining interest it's It's pretty boring if you're just sitting as a toddler, especially if you're just sitting there uh with nothing to do. Toddlers need to be engaged, and this also helps them to learn to multitask so provide some interesting things to read. Let the child pick the book, create songs to encourage training uh you can use well known Uh, Songs like Frere Jacques, Frere Jacques, go to the toilet, go to the toilet, pull down your pants, pull down your pants, and you can get the gist of it. Children love creating songs, and you can do this as you're going to the bathroom, and it makes it much more fun. Uh, When success has been achieved, praise, praise, praise. Uh, You can't praise enough. Child needs to know they've really accomplished a milestone. This also encourages the development of pride. Um, you can also help them establish pride by indicating to them what they have achieved. For example, you've helped me do this, or you've done this well. Talk about the successful successes and encourage the child if not successful. And above all, again, praise, celebrate success. Depends on your child. Some children like a hug. Some children like the high five. Anything that works well
0: with your child. Right, with things that will keep them engaged and and focused Mm -hmm. and wanting to continue working out the process. So that process you were just describing or stage was was stage three. And so what about the next stage, I guess, would be stage four, where the child is pretty um, well along in their toilet training uh, prowess, so to speak. Well the, you know at this uh stage the children have
1: gained reached toilet training um uh, this means that they can handle probably most of the steps in toilet ta- routineing independently, including wiping their own bum, which takes a little which is a little later but may still need some supervision um there could still be occasional accidents these should be handled matter of factly without punishment or blame um Boys, when they reach stage four, should be trained to stand up at the toilet. This is best handled by a male model. So, you know, as females, we don't have the anatomy to do that. And if I can, I'll tell you a funny story. I was um, teaching children with special needs, and I had a friend who was teaching... In another city, and we talked about how are we going to do this toilet training because these children were delayed, and a lot of them hadn't used a urinal before. So she phoned me and she said, "I've got this really good idea. So uh, I'm going to wear my jeans, and they have a zipper, and I'll I'll model it in front of the urinal." And so she pulled down her zipper, stuck out her finger, and then said, "This is the way you do it." <laughs> so she asked one of her she asked for a volunteer, and one of the children said, "I can, I can, I can." So he walked up to the toilet, pulled down the zipper, stuck out his uh, finger and peed in his pants.
0: Oh.
1: So, it's, you know, we, we try to come up with all these things that might help, but the male model is best to handle this. And it can be an older sibling. And so when I got involved in this with my group, I just asked the principal to do it. And he was right. quite happy to. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> Another way to bond, <laughs> as yes. Well, <laughs> but important, and it's a natural uh, biological function that everyone needs to do. It's really important, um, and that we do it in a healthy way, and a respectful way. And it sounds like um, uh, you were able to do that. You were able and to it's, do it's, that. I remember my own son when he
1: reached this stage, and he reached it earlier than some children did. But it was summer, and we we had older uh, male children with us so one child would run to the bathroom and immediately all the rest of them so they four of them standing around the bowl peeing into the toilet and they thought yeah. this was great fun but the training right. went very quickly you know mm-hmm.
0: and it was yeah, fun yeah having yeah having models is a really important um aspect of the learning process regardless of the developmental area language um body potty training what have you uh physical activities how, being able to watch somebody else do the process is, is quite um important and quite helpful. So and along we, with that oh,
1: go ahead. sorry, um uh, Teresa, along with that I think it's important that children learn the real vocabulary that go along with this. Because, you know, it's it's uh it might be cute um for a child to call the penis a weenie but it doesn't it isn't cute anymore when they're 6, 7, or 8. Right. You know, they, there's nothing wrong. These are words that are associated and with our natural anatomy, and children should learn what the real words are, and there shouldn't be any shame associated with it because this is a natural
0: process. Exactly, right. It's a natural, healthy, important human uh, biological function and it yeah is. with the yeah when with the little ones i guess we do tend to um use cute little words for lots of things but at some point yeah understanding the the true terms can be very helpful and important in their own right yeah and yeah and so we we'd mentioned earlier that you do a lot of training for parents and professionals so why don't we unless there's something else you want to add about toilet training i wanted to talk about um, just in general what you do and your website and your projects and, and what have you. Okay, some of the key points about Lifelong Learn is that um,
1: uh, in the past my major activity has been consulting with educational clients, meaning child care centers and also um, schools, elementary schools. Um, there's been an increasing demand for to help parents and families with specific problems or questions. And so I've had a lot of um you know I've done parent workshops specifically on the the common ones tend to be toilet training for toddlers and then other ones tend to be beha- dealing with challenging behaviors. Um and then um children with who've been diagnosed um with attention deficit disorders and how to help parents with that or is the diagnosis um specifically correct for their child. Um so that and that kind of thing has happened locally or and or also via distance where we interact either through a telephone or uh I've done webinars or uh, Skyping or email or a combination of all of those. I'm also a writer of ed- educational textbooks and I'm really pleased. One of my textbooks is an international bestseller. It's called um, Creating Effective Learning Environments and for the first time it's in full color, which is which is just really neat. just came back from uh, Singapore and Australia doing some workshops there and the, was really pleased to note that the Creating Effective Learning Environments is a book that's used in Australia. So that was exciting for oh, nice. me. And yes. I also engage in on-demand publications or service specific needs on requests. So sometimes I get a request to to create for example, I I have a potty training book where you can you can purchase the book that includes everything we've talked about today. Some people who wanted that to help them in the process via distance. So that's an example of what I might do. Uh, some of my key projects, I have a private iLearner directory which has been developed over a thousand resources and I'm continually updating it and expanding it. And that includes numerous resources ranging from professional information or hands-on ideas of activities for children. So, for example, um, it's summer, so where are some summer fun activities. You'll have, there's about, I think I have about 15 different recipes posted for making your own Play-Doh and involving the children in making it so that it's a decrease in cost and it's a fun activity for children to engage in. I think there's about at least 15 bubble creation recipes those are some of the things that you can um, anticipate finding on the on that um directory i'm also involved in a new educational philosophy called intentional learning and i've been researching this and establishing support resu- resources and i'm in the development in developmental stages of that Intentional learning just means that we need to think about what we do with children and have a purpose for it. You know, why are you giving the child these toys as opposed to some other toys? Making play more meaningful.
0: Um, yeah, it's it's a big movement. Um, it's it sounds like evidence-based practice. I'm I'm a speech-language yes. pathologist and I teach at Marymount Manhattan College and in the program there in New York City and um, in our field you know, having evidence um, for what we're doing and why, therapy materials we're selecting, therapy protocols, um, et cetera. And I'm seeing this, I think, also I've been seeing this in medicine, and so um, it sounds like that same concept, but that's a nice thing, I think. And along with that
1: intentional learning, I mean you cannot do intentional learning unless you have some aspect of how to to evaluate what the child or assess what the child is doing so I'm working on a digitized format of a child care rubric um, you know child care has lagged behind on the technology curve, and we're trying to find a, a re- revolutionize the way educational settings, observe, and report mm-hmm. a child's progress. So with right. a digitized rubric, you would have the possibility of seeing, this is where my child is at, this is what my child has achieved, these are the next steps. So it's always up front, clear, and you know exactly where y- you need to go with this, and along with the materials that the child needs. Right. Um, right. So those are my major key projects at this point.
0: Nice. And they can get all of uh, or understand or learn more about what you do at lifelonglearn.com. And we have that on the website for the, today's show, so everyone can can go there. And right then they there. can sign
1: up for the iLearner. I have another website called iLearner, and I produce uh, free periodic newsletters. I, I call them insider reports. And um, they are sent out to f- to families and childcare providers. I also then want to make it more interactive. What do you need? What do you want to hear? What do you want to see posted? So that yeah. there is more fitting the needs of the of the people out there, um, closing the gap, so to speak, yeah, between yeah distance and and learning. You know,
0: right? Exactly. And so that that iLearner newsletter parents can also access on lifelonglearn.com and I just um as yes. Ingrid and I were getting prepared for today's show I actually signed up for the newsletter as we spoke and so um it they have a beautiful new website that is um it's mostly up and running as as I can tell Ingrid I know you said it's it's not you didn't think it was fully up Well I think um you know there's still
1: some some they'll will always be glitches when you're mounting right. something new <laughs> and so we're working right. through those but it should right. be functional yeah very soon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's and like I said I was on it today. I'm looking at it actually as we speak and I was able to sign up for the newsletter, get confirmation, um poke around at all the wonderful things they have there. So, I do encourage everyone to go there and um find information and like Ingrid said, especially with her newsletter, it, it is interactive um and dynamic so you can send questions and and make it um, truly dynamic, and get information that you're looking for for your child, or if there are educators listening uh, for you professionally. And um, that's right. And, right. And so, with that, we like to close the show by asking our experts. There are five fantastic facts for families, and essentially, that's you know, what's your favorite advice to give families about toilet training?
1: Well, I think the first point. Toilet training has to be fun and it has to be enjoyable and it has to be enjoyable and fun for everyone. If it isn't fun, if it isn't enjoyable, it's going to become stressful. And the more stressful it is, the less success you're going to have. So make sure it's fun. Look forward to it. You know, I hear a lot of families saying, dread the stage. I really enjoyed it. I just made sure we all had fun. And when you have fun, things tend to happen. Uh, remembering that children go through the same stages. You're going, every child in the world goes through this stage. But the progress through these stages may be individual. They may be faster or slower than the average age is provided. That's why I like to always give a broader range. You know, there are some children who aren't trained till they're three, but... They will be. It will come very quickly. If you put all the steps together, if you don't put the pressure on, it will happen very quickly. Um, toilet training is much, it's as much a learning situation as any other learning. And remember, this is a really important function for children to gain. Uh, it involves their health and well-being, and therefore it needs to be established firmly and pleasantly um when this is used to engage children in positive interactions the result will be a development of pride of in achievement and good toileting practices <laughs> i think um the fourth point is that avoid the advice people give you on training your child in a short time most short training tra- sorry most short term training ideas train you rather than the child and leaves everyone stressed. If your child isn't ready, it's not going to happen. Um, And lastly, let your child take the lead. He or she will surprise you how quickly they will rise to the challenge and be successful.
0: Great. (laughs) Great. Well, I want to um, tell everybody that's our show for today and thank uh, Child Development and Education expert, Dr. Ingrid Crowther, for lending us her time and her expertise, and reminding everyone that I have the link to her website on the show the show site for the station today, so you can find out more about her and what she offers to families and to professionals as well. I want to thank all of our guests for turning in, and as always, we invite everyone to email us at the show with questions you have with comments or feedback, maybe suggestions for shows you'd like us to cover. And you can do that by emailing us at info at kidsa to z dot com. That's info at kidsa to z dot com. We also encourage you to follow us on Facebook, which is uh, Kids A to Z with Dr. T. And you can see we'll post the shows up there. We also post um, information about child development that parents may find helpful and interesting. And um, and I guess you can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Teresa. And that's really all for today. Again, I'm Teresa Signorelli, your host. I hope you have a super day. Bye now.